Hello, Peggy Gubbins. Welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I am. Uh, this will be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, I'm actually going to, let me ask you a couple questions about all of the movies on the back wall there. Um, <laughs> it always comes up. The wall seems to be a topic that is addressed in every interview or match. Yeah, I do love it. And I just, well, one thing I want to point out that some folks may not, yeah, God, that's amazing. Uh, one thing some folks may not know that I found out recently is that uh, those are not taped or glued to the wall. You you can actually remove those from the wall, watch them, and put them back. I absolutely can. They're all sitting on push pins, and so I can just pick one up, watch the movie, and it, like everyone's like, you're going to scratch up your DVD. They're sitting there. They're not getting scratched. I mean, maybe yeah. a little bit when I take them off, but not enough that I'm worried about it. But so, yeah. yeah, it's a functional. Now, I, call, I call it my blockbuster wall. I love it. I love it. But the, the real question here is, how do you get to the ones at the top? Do you have one of those uh, library ladders that like uh, is on rollers and you just kind of push yourself along side <laughs> to side? No, I'm six feet tall. I can reach. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, there you go then. Uh, that is great, though, because, yeah, I mean, I, when you told me that you could remove those and watch them, that made it even cooler. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know more about you, uh, Peggy. So let's just get started here. The name of the show is From Birth to Schmodown. So Peggy Gubbins, where were you born? I was born in Danville, Illinois. Same birthplace as the Van Dyke brothers. Van Dyke. Jerry Van Remind Dick. me. Dick Van Dyke, Jerry Van Dyke. Okay, okay. I just want to be sure. Uh, no, I can't say that. I, I knew the name. I, I can't even fake it. Like, I'm sorry I tried <laughs> to fake it with you, Peggy. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know the I name. Did, I did not grow up there. I just happened to be born there. So. That's still cool. That's still cool. Um, and and uh, now, what type of an area is that? Is it rural area or is it a city type? Um, no, it was rural, definitely rural back in the day when I was born there. That was back in the year 1980. Not to uh, date myself, but you know, it's, no, it's no secret how old I am. Um, I wouldn't know. I didn't grow up there. I grew up in a place called St. Charles, Illinois, which is very much suburban USA. Okay. Okay. So we're talking riding bikes around the neighborhood and coming home when the streetlights came on, yeah. coming back yep. out after dinner, playing flashlight tag in the neighborhood to capture the flag on the surface. Very idyllic. Yes. Um, let me, now I had it this way. I grew up uh, in this, about the, you know, this time of my life, I was born in 79. Hmm. So I'm right there with you uh, down in North Houston in Texas. Okay. Uh, did you trick or treat it at nighttime? I did both. I tried to stay out as I, I as soon as I got off the bus, ran home, switched into my Halloween costume. Nobody was home the first like hour or so, but I was still determined going from door to door until my mom made me come home. Because you know, you get the 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 pillowcase, try to get it as full as you can. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we took we trick and treat it after night. Yeah, yeah. The different times, different times back then. I mean, those were times where. You know, you trick-or-treated at night, and mm -hmm. you could ride your bike with your friends a mile yep. or two away from the house, and no one Absolutely. worried about it. It was yep. literally, you know, you get home from school, 
you have a snack, you do whatever stupid little things you have to do. You go out with your friends and mom just knows that she ain't going to see you for about five or six hours. And that's just the way it is. Five, six years old out there running around like you own the joint. It, different yep. There'd be uh, days in the summertime I would come home because I'd always run around without shoes on and the bottoms of my feet would be pitch black. Just yep. fucking around all day. I can swear yeah. on this, right? Yeah, but I oh, mean, no. by the end of the summer, you know, once you get to fall, your feet are like are, uh, are like leather. Nothing hurts yeah. you. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I, I went barefoot all the time, too. So, yeah, give it about three or four months, and, and the bottom of your feet are like leather, and you ain't got no problem. You're running on gravel and all that. It's good times. <laughs> now you're looking yeah. at me like, I don't know about that, running on the gravel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what kind of stuff did you and your friends do in the suburbs to uh, kill time and stuff? Well, there was a lot of whole lot of movie watching. That was a big part of me growing up. But yeah, we just just sports, just random sports, baseball, basketball, football, everything. Yeah, just run around, played a game called Ditch. Uh, just like basically one person. It's like reverse it, and it was basically like if someone was annoying us, okay, we're playing Ditch. You're it, and then everyone fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Um, do you happen to recall the first movie that you ever saw in the theater? I'm not sure if it's the first one that I ever saw in the theater, but I do remember going to see Back to the Future Part 2 and being blown away when immediately after the movie, you got a sneak preview of the number three that was coming out. I remember that blowing my mind as a child. I'm not sure if it's the first one, but it's the first one that came to mind tonight. Do, do you happen to remember the first movie that you ever saw? I don't think I do. I mean, I, movies were such a big part of my life growing up that I just trying to narrow it down to that first one. I just I, yeah. I can't. I can't. And, and uh, did that come from your parents, your parents' big uh, movie? No, lover? no, no. Um, no, my parents are avid readers. They're not really big into movies at all, actually. Uh, that was mostly my older brothers. Uh, my middle brother uh mike uh i mean we were very much latchkey kids growing up my, both my parents worked so it was that was the two of us hanging out most of the time and after school we'd watch movies we'd watch stand-up comedy or something like that and then uh my other brother robbie he is autistic and so i only saw him every other weekend and on holidays i mean my entire life pretty much and so when he would come home one of the things we'd always do is we'd always go out to the movies and catch a movie together. So that, that's probably a big reason why I like movies, spending time with Robbie. Yeah. Um, now, when you when you guys are sitting around at the house watching movies and stuff, um, was there a movie that got wore out? And you know what I mean. You guys <laughs> yep. kept watching it over and over. There are so many that were on repeat growing up. Uh, the Goonies was a big one, I remember. Uh, coming to America, uh, we were big. We like we're big Eddie Murphy fans. Um, let's see, just uh, Major League was a big one that was on repeat. There's a ton of them that we could just sit there and quote back and forth. Um, I'm gonna because we are so close in age, and we went to the movie theaters uh, quite a bit. My folks took me quite a bit too when I was younger. Um, I'm going to list off some movies uh, that I saw in the theater as a kid. And I'm just curious if you happen to as well. Maybe we can okay. be buddies um, okay. or maybe not. Even if we've seen every, that's completely up to you. I'm not forcing you to be my no. buddy. Um, okay. uh, did you happen to see Big in the theater? 
No, I caught that. It was like on Cinemax or HBO. Those were the two movie channels we had growing up. Mm. Uh, what about Mannequin? I don't think I saw that in the theater, but again, I think it played on like Comedy Central a lot. So I'm very familiar with like Hollywood and all that. Kim Cattrall, yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, I, I don't care. I still love that movie. But then again, maybe, okay, here's maybe why I like this movie. And I should probably talk to my brother to see if there's any truth behind this theory. I like it because uh, I think I may have blown my brother and his friends uh, big movie night going to see a rated R movie because they were going at the time they were seven years older than me. My one brother, seven years, the other one's nine years. This is the, the middle brother, seven years older than me. Hmm. He and his friend were going to see a movie. And they told my mom they were going to see Mannequin, and I had seen the trailers, and I, you know how kids can be. Um, and I'm like, I want to go, I want to go. So she makes my brother take me. I just kind of have the feeling that they were really going to see something else that they weren't wanting to tell my mom about. Mm -hmm. um, so in a way, I feel bad, you know. But on another level, it's like, yeah, I was like four years old, five years old, and I had the power in that situation. <laughs> it was, it feels yeah. good. In, in my household, I never did. I was the youngest and the only girl. So, yeah, I never got a say. <laughs> what was going oh, on. that sucks. <laughs> my brother would probably, if he was here, my brother would probably tell you a different story that I always got my way. But that's how, that's what middle child children always think. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I can't relate to that because I'm the baby of the family. So, um, which I have my own issues. I think I was 22 or 23 when I finally asked my brother to uh stop referring or stop introducing me to to his friends as my little brother and uh and and make it my younger brother <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean what the hell's the difference but at 20 some years old and i'm taught and he's introducing me to 30 year olds who are in college i i don't want to be the little brother dude i want to be the younger brother i'm you know i'm still cool i really wasn't but you know that's how it goes 30-year-olds in college. That's a strange crowd there. Well, you know what? No. This makes it even better because you're right. I was 14 when my brothers were in college. So, oh, wow. I was 14 years old asking my brother not to refer to me uh, as his little brother, but his younger brother. Man, the, the ball's on me. You know what I mean? 14 years old. My brothers are letting me go party with them at, at uh, Ball State University over there in Muncie. Uh, and and the ball's on me, dude. The ungratefulness that came out of me in that. I feel bad. I think I owe him an apology. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I just, I don't know how to respond to that because I've never, I mean, I've never been in that situation, I suppose. <laughs> No, they. my brothers got me my first fake ID, the only one I've ever had. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, it was very, very poorly made. Um, the, the, the bouncer dude that, that was taking IDs at the bar when we went there in, uh, in the little college town, he laughed. I mean, straight up laughed, said, this is shit, handed it back to me and said, don't hand it, uh, you don't show anyone else in here and let me in anyway, but it was just absolutely horrendous, but, ah, oh, love older siblings, love older siblings. Now, did they pick on, I would assume they picked on you a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Robbie, not so much, it's just not in his wheelhouse to do so, um, but Mike, for sure, yeah, uh, 
it's it's complicated it was complicated between me and him for sure right um one more movie that i gotta ask you if you saw in the theater before we move on from the uh movie theater stuff i i i I don't want to just keep saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, uh, Vacation, um, but uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one. Yes, saw that one in the theater for sure. I saw that with my brothers. Um, I was not as into it as as they were, but yeah, I, I remember going to see that one with them. I'm just stoked we found one between <laughs> us. I'm just stoked about that. So... Uh, I, I could shoot for another one, but I'm not going to. I'm going to end that on a win, a victory in my corner. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Um, now, when, when you're a kid, we're all influenced by different things, and there's always something we want to be when we grow up. That first thing we want to be, uh, whether it's a firefighter or a police officer or a lawyer or a veterinarian, whatever it might be, uh, what did you, what was the first thing that you remember thinking to yourself, I'd like to do that when I grow up? Uh, this still fits very much in my personality. I wanted to be a sports photographer as a child because I grew up watching the Chicago Bulls in the Michael Jordan, like the heyday of the Michael Jordan era. And I thought it would be so cool to be able to go to all the games for free sit right there on the sidelines and get like run over by the players and like snap the perfect photo. But yeah, that's what I remember it being the first thing I wanted to do. But then I realized that photography back in the day was very complicated, the different lenses and everything. And so, yeah, I just never pursued it. Now, uh, you're a Bulls fan, obviously. Um, uh, it's yeah, I, I haven't been, I have no, it's not complicated. I just, it's a lot of games every season. And I just, I've, watched a lot of movies and they have a lot of stuff going on so it's hard to keep up with every single game this season like football is much more my speed you get 16 okay. to 20 games per season and so i just i mean i'm still very much a fair weather fan of the chicago bulls i wish i could say i was as diehard as i am when it comes to things like the bears but yeah i mean i move i root for them for sure but i can't keep up with all the stats and everything anymore i just it's too much at this point <laughs> Yeah, I, I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite mm -hmm. sport. But I mean, I'll tell you, 160-some games is a lot to keep track of. Uh, mm -hmm. It really is. Um, I don't – is it possible that maybe they could do shorter seasons but do two seasons a year? You know what I mean? I don't know. It, I mean, I I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's just me. It's, for me, it's gotten to the point where, like, if it's a good matchup and they're doing well, like, I'll tune in for maybe the fourth quarter or something like that. It's the same with the Blackhawks for me and very much fair mm. weather when it comes to that, too, which is sad to say, but just being honest. <laughs> now, I'm from Ohio, and I'm closer to Cincinnati than I am to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I, as far as NFL goes, I really couldn't care less about the NFL. It's just... I don't. I find it boring and stale and whatever. Now, college football—that's very exciting to me. Um, I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> but because I'm closer to Cincy, if I'm going to root for a football team, it's going to be Cincy or Indy. An hour away, Indy's a little bit closer than Cincy. But uh, I do. I I would like to know what happened with Andy Dalton because I'm not. I don't. It's, he came up to the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals 
But mm -hmm. I heard recent. I really don't know. I heard recently, like he's out is number one. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he hyperextended his knee. I want to say game three of the season, or is it game two? It was early, and so he was injured. Justin Fields came in for him, and he's the hot shot, number one overall pick, rookie, like heir apparent, supposed to be the savior of the franchise, and. The fans were clamoring for him to get the QB1 status, regardless of Andy Dalton's uh, health. And so that's basically what's happened right now. It's Justin Fields is the guy. He's got the ball. And then should something happen to him, Dalton will probably come back in. But at this point, it's looking like he's he's holding the clipboard for the rest of the season. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. That I, I wasn't sure why he was out, but I was. It, it's a lot better than being out just because you sucked and they. No, not. no, he was actually playing really well, and then he hurt his uh, knee. That's good. That's good. So, um, but, but getting back to the college football thing, I appreciate the uh, Longhorns hat you're wearing because I do. I do cheer for the Texas Longhorns because uh, I'm. We'll get into it, but I went to Western Illinois and not exactly a powerhouse sports program <laughs> out of that university. You don't get very many of their games on TV, so I had to find a, a team to support and started watching during like the Vince Young era. And so I'm just like, I like Texas, I dig Texas, so I, I I follow them a bit. Nice. It's it's great to see them jumping over to the SEC. Also, I, that's my it's favorite. Well, I guess it's opinion. it's my favorite conference to watch. Um, I don't if that conference in general. It just seems I don't care who's playing. I seem to enjoy myself watching the games. Uh, so that's why I'm stoked about it. That and because uh, because Texas left, uh, UC Bearcats jumped up and mm. and uh, into their spot in the in the was it Big Ten? Yeah. Big 12? It's it's strange now because the Big Ten has twelve and the Big Twelve has ten, or I don't even know what the Big Twelve has anymore. <laughs> they might be back up to twelve at this point. It's, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's strange because yeah. Um, it's just seeing the different teams jump conferences. I'm still trying to get used to it. It's been years. Yep. Yep. Uh, did you ever go to any uh, baseball games, uh, football games, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, anything I like that? I am a – I split season tickets with a buddy of mine. They were my aunts. I could not afford to take them over completely by myself, so I enlisted a buddy of mine to split them with me. So I go to half of the games every year at Soldier Field and I'm worried about them moving to Arlington Heights because I paid a lot of money for my personal seat license and I don't know if that's going to transfer over or if I have to repurchase that if they do build the new stadium out in the suburbs but uh yeah I go to a couple Cubs games a year uh I was bartending on Clark Street the when they won the World Series that was an experience <laughs> oh, um but yeah uh, I've I mean, I go to Blackhawks and Bulls games sporadically, maybe one every other season. I don't get there very often, unfortunately. That's cool. That Soldier Field, man, that place is huge. I went to a concert there once. I mean, I guess you could say it's huge, but in NFL stadium terms, it's the smallest. In the, really? In the, yeah. Mm -hmm. We can't host this. Well, A, we're not, nobody wants to host a Super Bowl in Chicago because there's no dome. And <laughs> as pretty as it might be to play a Super Bowl in the snow, nobody wants – the weather to be a factor in it and plus we don't have the seating capacity to host a super bowl just kind of why we lost that on the olympics that that's one of the re that's one of my small beefs against the nfl is the whole 
refusing to have a Super Bowl in anywhere other than like the great, sunny, wonderful, amazing weather. In my mind, dude, go back to when it started, dude. In my mind, I want it to be the most difficult game both teams have ever played if that's the way Mother Nature so chooses to make it. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying you should target places like try to track the weather and go, oh man, it's going to be snowing really bad up in, uh, up in Pittsburgh that do we got to do it, you know, not, but just let everyone share in this, this joined loved experience of football in this country and let the weather be whatever it is. And they go out there and they play in whatever it is. That's what I, that's what I would like. I don't know. There's also the commerce side of it. You want to make it something where it's a destination where people will actually want to travel to in January, late January, early February. Yes, I can see that side of it too. It, damn it. Just, I want what I want. Just once. Just once. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but no, I saw you two at Soldier Stadium, and it was mm. amazingly beautiful, and it, their set was huge. Mm. And it looks small in that place, kind of. So yeah, yeah, I've caught a few uh, concerts there. I caught Metallica at Soldier Field. I saw Justin Timberlake with Jay Z there. Really? Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. Now, what year was that? The uh, uh, and uh, Jay. That was during the suit and tie era of. Uh, I'm going to say during the 2020 Experience album that just. I want to say that's 2017, 2016, something like that. Mm. Don't ask me release dates. I'm not good at release. Dates. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, but no, now, the, the better the better place to catch a concert, honestly, in my opinion, is Wrigley Field. I've seen Foo Fighters there twice. I saw Pearl Jam. I saw Green Day. I saw Dead and Company. A bunch of other ones that I haven't been in it, but you can walk around outside and you get to hear it. And it's awesome. Yeah, my brother sent me some video of them uh, inside there at the Pearl J at one of the PJ shows. So mm-hmm. I've seen PJ about seven or eight times. Uh, oh, nice. Others and I just. Vitalogy is one of my favorite albums. Oh, dude, that album is so good, and I cannot stand the hate that it that it gets uh, from critics and uh, and I just it's so good, man. It's. Such I used to listen to "Spin the Black Circle" a lot as a child. I don't know why. For some reason, yeah. I just gravitated to that song. Yeah, it's a good song, man. It's a good song. I saw them play up in Toledo one of the times, and they did their encore, and then they leave, and no one will leave. They turn the lights on. No one will leave. They come back, and they did Indifference uh, with all of the lights on, just left the lights on and did Indifference, and it was it was so awesome. But, uh, but yeah, big PJ fan, too. Um, <laughs> I mean, now you got me just wanting to, like, hey, man, you want to stop this whole silly thing we're doing right now? Just uh, do some reactions to Pearl Jam and just listen to some music. We can have a dance party up in here. <laughs> no. I mean, if you if you want it, I it's just your no. show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we'll save that for another time. Um, uh, where did you uh, Where did you go to high school, though? Moving along a little bit out of your younger years, uh, mm-hmm. what was the high school experience like? The name of it and the mascot. They were the St. Francis Spartans. S-P-A-R-T-A-N-S. Um, it was in Wheaton, Illinois. It was a private Catholic school that I went to. Uh, basically, in high school, all I cared about was basketball. Uh, I was on varsity as a freshman, played, played basketball all four years. Jumped around different sports in the off season for basketball, but it's basically all, all I gave a shit about back then. 
No, was this an all girls or was it? No, uh, it was, no, was co-ed. It was co-ed. I mean, there were uh, other Catholic schools in our conference that were uh, same, like only girls or only boys. But yeah, we were co-ed. Now, there there are a lot of, especially in movies and TV, depictions of Catholic school. Mm -hmm. uh, how true is like uh, the rulers and uh, on the hands and stuff that like that? I think that was more my father's generation than as opposed to mine, because my dad was was a very staunch Catholic. He nearly oh. became a priest until he met my mother. Wow. Uh, so uh, he was, yeah, I never got confirmed in that much to his dismay. Um, like, he's in his 80s now, and he still goes and ushers mass every Sunday. Um, I stopped going to mass a long time ago, but he was very, very intent on us having a good, solid Catholic education. But the ruler thing, yeah, no, no one was getting, that I saw, no one was getting physically abused with any sort of <laughs> math accoutrement when I was there. So no Blues Brothers type of situations with the penguin? No, at least not that I was aware of, but hey, I mean, stuff goes on that you don't see, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it is Catholic school. You never know. Um, now I'm not familiar. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not familiar very much uh, with Catholicism. Um, the the denominations I was brought up in were uh, uh, Episcopalian, um, Pentecostal at one point, Brethren. Um, confirmation. You said you were never confirmed. What mm -hmm. exactly does that mean? That means you uh, become like a full fledged member of the church, like you like agree to, I don't know, you have to go through classes and everything. And early on in my uh, Catholic schooling, I didn't necessarily buy into everything that they were trying to sell. And I told my father that I couldn't, I mean, I didn't really believe in what they were. I mean, I understand the moral, like the whole, like do on to others is that, that mean, I'm on, I'm on board with that, but right. there's different viewpoints that the church held. I like I had a homosexual friend. They shunned. They thought that was a bad thing. I'm just like, let people love who they love. I don't understand why you. And just little things I didn't agree with. So I told them I would not give this vow or this go through this ceremony and say like agree to something I really don't believe in and something I really don't want to be a part of. And so that yeah, it's always caused a bit of a rift between me and my father. Honestly, yeah, it it can be hard being raised in the church, you know, as opposed to coming to to the to, to the beliefs and everything on your own later in life you know what i mean yeah. uh, i came up a, against a lot of that stuff too in my teen years especially and uh you know uh clothes i wore getting my ears pierced just stupid <laughs> silly things like that mm -hmm. and things i obviously didn't agree with you with either and it's it's it can be very confusing and a very difficult journey to be on as a as a young person so yeah um, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know the Catholicism. I just always assumed, like I said, there's the, the ruler and just pacing up and down the aisles. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> no, no, I think that was the previous generations as opposed to my own. <laughs> um, now you, do you play basketball? Did you, did you actually play on the team, the school team? Yeah. Yeah. I was varsity as a freshman. Okay. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Well, really? I've 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 basically grown an inch since sixth grade, so I've been this height since I was basically twelve. 
And so that in itself is a rough thing to go through because the boys that you go to school with really don't catch up with you until about junior year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's always been a big, uh, I don't, I don't complex is the right word to use it, but it's, it's been a bit of an insecurity for me. Hey, man. Uh, but, you know, I tried to make the best of it. What could I do with it? I play basketball. I was also going to ask volleyball. Was there volleyball there? Here's the thing. I would have loved to have played volleyball, but volleyball was like the sport at my mm. school. And I loved basketball more than volleyball. And if you played volleyball, you played volleyball all year round. That's basically all you did. You eat, sleep, and breathed it. And I, like, I loved basketball too much. So I did not join the volleyball team. I wish I would I would have figured out a way to do, to do both and not get admonished for it. Because, yeah, I used to love volleyball, but, like, it was a perennial powerhouse my high school was. I mean, they were, like, they won state, I want to say, two out of three years I was there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's no joke. They were great. They were awesome. Now, obviously, with you going to Chicago for games and stuff, it has to be somewhat close. How far away was this from Chicago? This, uh, Wheaton, like, say about 30 miles outside of Chicago is where I grew up. I live in Chicago proper now. But, oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I live a couple blocks from Wrigley Field. Oh, we we just became buddies, whether you like <laughs> it or not. <laughs> I, I, love could, I couldn't hit a golf ball, but it's probably about a par three to Wrigley Field from here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, um, Laura Kelly grew up uh, in that area up there around Wrigley Field uh, when she, she and I talked. I don't think she grew I thought I met her in Brooklyn. I thought she grew up out in Kansas. But she lives in Logan Square, which is like two neighborhoods over. Well, yeah, sorry. Not grew up. You are correct. Yeah. Not grew up. Because we did. Because I asked her, and I'll ask you too, what, what, since this came up, because I would like multiple opinions. I asked Laura Kelly this too, okay, because yeah. she grew up out there in Kansas. So you got Kansas and Arkansas, right? So shouldn't they shouldn't it either be Kansas and Arkansas or uh Kansas and Arkansas cuz the Kansas bit is in both of them what gives I do not know the reason behind the different pronunciations there I guess that's just how it broke out as people referred to their home states I will no I idea will. the catalyst I want I want an answer to that. Someone find me an answer. I Afraid also I am ill-equipped to answer it for you, sir. I also think Kansas uh, should be a lot a lot more upset at Missouri and take their city of Kansas City back as well. Uh, that does not make Is much sense. They're Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. It doesn't matter. You can't have a, it's like having Ohio City in Indiana. Come on, man. Right? I Sure. <laughs> I'm not winning any of these with you, which is fine, which is fine, but I'll keep trying. I'll win one. I'll win one. <laughs> win what? <laughs> I'll get you to agree with me on something. All right. Uh, do you like Harry Carey's uh, burgers? I've only been to Harry Carey's, I think, maybe twice. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I I don't remember it being bad. I mean, that's normally one of my go-tos when I go out to restaurants. If I can't find anything, I'm like, I'll just get a burger, you know. But you ever been to Uno's? Pizzeria Uno's? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You do you like Uno's? 
Yeah, I mean, there's other places I like better. Than- That's okay. That's okay. I like Uno's too, and so do you. So we're we're making we're making some ground here. We're building up a solid relationship. I like it. <laughs> you had no idea what you were getting yourself into, did you? No, I tried to go into this as blind as I, as I possibly could. Just I didn't want to have anything prepped. You know, I didn't want to have anything rehearsed. Well, I will tell you from doing uh, 10 of these before this one, this one has definitely gotten way off track and out of hand. That's um, not on me, buddy. That's all no, you it's going not. off on tangents. It's not. It's on me, but that goes to show how relaxed I feel and how much fun I'm having, how much I'm enjoying it. So, But it's uh, definitely gone way uh, off the beaten path here uh, as opposed to what normally happens, but I'm having a great time. I dig it. Um, <laughs> as long as you're having a good time, that is what's important, sir. Um, now, what was your first job that you had? Ah, my first job, I was a rides operator at a place called Santa's Village in West Dundee, Illinois. It's like a, uh, uh, I guess, uh, generic brand Six Flags, if you will. It was, uh, it was a theme park, but not quite to that level of theme park it was much more um like the roller coasters they didn't like it was i think they got one that looped the year i left <laughs> they finally got one that went upside down it was more uh like the like kind of like the teacups but they were the snowballs yeah all right was, yeah that type of thing it was a discount disneyland if you will how old were this village uh this was when i was six uh 16 yeah uh I remember having to go to summer uh, workout sessions at my high school. I had to drive half an hour one way and then had to drive an hour the other way to get to my job. Oh, man. Yeah, after that. <laughs> a lot of driving that year. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was a carny, basically. I was a carny was my first job. <laughs> now, Christmas Land, is that what you said? Santa's Village, close. Santa's, Santa's Vill- Village is what it was called. So this was seasonal? Yeah, this was just in the summer. I got a whole whopping $5 an hour because they could do that if you were, quote unquote, a seasonal employee. Yeah, there's all kinds of little tricks they got like that. Um, yeah. uh, what was your first full-time job and how old were you? First full-time job. I mean, first full-time job. I, mean, I had a lot of part-time jobs. Trying to figure out which one was the first full-time one. I think that would be a place called... Oh, no, no, no. The first full-time job was uh, Hollywood Casino out in Aurora, Illinois. I was a slot attendant, S-L-O-T attendant. Uh, basically, I like refilled the machines with coins when they ran out, paid out jackpots, stuff like that. Slot attendant, guys. Get your mind out of the gutter, y'all. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first full-time job. Uh, do you have to be 21 to work in a casino? No, I... Uh, I Remember, I started when I was 20. I, my brother was already working there. And so he hooked me up with a job. And yeah, I, 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 some sort of waiver that you could work there, but I could never gamble there. Oh, really? Yeah. Not even on your off time? Mm-mm. Well, I, I can I can understand that. I can understand that. Because, I mean, they don't know. You could be in cahoots with one of your coworkers and come in on your off time cahoots there's a word um yeah that was that was a very interesting job because um, as sad as it is to say you always knew when the welfare checks hit because there are certain people who would just be waiting for the doors to open at 8 a.m and they'd run to their favorite machines yeah it was it was 
an interesting job. I met a lot of cool people who work there. So some who are still friends to this day. Oh, yeah. What was your brother's job there? He was a dealer. Uh, he dealt everything except for roulette because he was red-green colorblind. So some oh. of the roulette chips, when you tried to muck them, he would like, like the pink chips would be in with the red chips. So he couldn't do that. He would do like craps mostly or poker. Now, how would one become a dealer? I mean, obviously you could watch videos and practice on your own, but do you have to uh, be certified in yeah, some way? you do. There's a dealer school you have to go to and graduate from. And you have really? to pass your audition and yeah, there's a whole thing. Okay, now how long does that take? I do not recall. It's been a while since I've thought about it. I never went through the process. I had no desire to be a dealer. Um, but he was one up until his dying day. He, he worked at New York, New York, out in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Vegas, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense that you have to be licensed, but... I mean, there's got to be a lot to, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't yeah, understand. You go through like a background check if you want to work at a casino and everything, but it's a whole different level if you're going to be a dealer. More yeah. security, I think. Yeah, yeah. Man, I how do you deal? That's what sound. That's what I don't understand. But, but like I said, I don't even know how to play poker. I don't understand poker. So. <laughs> yes. You Maybe would definitely I need to know. Games, uh, I would have a grasp on how to deal. That was, I just answered my own question. That happens a lot. Um, um Basically, you have to be certified or licensed. I don't know if it's a certification or a license, and then you have to pass the audition. Basically, you have to be able to entertain while you're dealing, hold up your end of the conversation, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, how many times would you see people there for, for days without oh, from a or from there are people You'd know regulars that were at the, at the, we call them the boats. They were boats once upon a time. But then they were landlocked when they didn't have to sail, and then they became it's a whole thing. So it was always referred to it as the boat. But there'd be people at the boat that, yeah, you'd be on a first name basis with because you'd see them a couple times a week. That would be, I don't know. I think that would be fascinating to work in a casino. It's um, good people watching for sure. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I was about to say the social, the the social lessons that you could learn just by interacting and watching people. Uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Uh, can you, do you have a crazy story from your time at working at the casino? Like something just, um, sure. really I remember watching two old men fighting over a slot machine in the penny as the penny slot area. And they were basically dueling with their canes over the slot machine one day. <laughs> and so I, we were just kind of sitting there watching them go. <laughs> it was funny. Oh man. Oh, that's great. Oh, <laughs> And then, of course, uh, I'm just going to say, when you say two old men uh, fighting over a slot machine, obviously my mind, never mind. Anyway, uh, I, I just. Down boy, easy. <laughs> uh, pretty girl sitting there doing her nails while the two old men are just duking it out. Um, she's dropping in the coins. They're his coins. One of the two guys' coins. She's just dropping in coins. <laughs> You're just, you've got a whole backstory going in your mind right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. She hits it big. She hits it big. They're so into it, she, they don't even notice the bells and whistles going off. Just nonchalantly scooping everything into her little bag, watching to make sure they don't see her, and just kind of sneaks away. And then when they're done fighting, they're like, "Well, where's the broad at?" And she's gone. She won a bunch of money. All right. Yeah. Screenplay yeah. to be written later. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I could see it on your face. You're like, man, this is yeah, this is weird. This guy, this is weird. Um, I'm having a no. I I am. I'm having. <laughs> I'm having so much fun talking about this crap with you. No, uh, that's cool. <laughs> um. Now, uh, you did go to college. You told us a little bit ago. What was uh, what was the name of it once again, and what was the mascot? Western Illinois. Now, here's the thing. Okay, uh, I'm not sure if they changed it since. I'm a little I'm a little behind on my uh, on my keeping up with the athletic department. But if it's the men, it's the Leathernecks. That should still be the thing. But the women's team used to be called the Western Winds. And I don't know if they still do it or if they're like the lady next now or something to that effect. But yeah, it's the only uh, school that's not affiliated with the military that is allowed to use the nickname Leatherneck because that's a Marine. But okay. our mascot was a bulldog with like a spiked collar. Okay. But yeah, okay. we were the Leathernecks. So go next. It's weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... But like I said, not a, not a powerhouse sports program, although we did – I went to school with a guy who was the punter for the Chargers for over a decade. His name is Mike really? Cypress. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he wow. Was, he, was, like, I was, he was on my dorm floor freshman year, and I would see him all the time on campus, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. No, I'm just something. talking about the, the lady leathernecks part is what I'm like. Why would you need to be like – why can't it just – like? My I don't know. But, yeah, they were, the women's teams were the Westerwinds when I was there. I always thought that was odd. Yeah, that I don't know, but you know, now that I say that, I think some people actually did refer to the to uh, the the ladies teams as Lady Trojans. I don't know. Eh, I don't know. Whatever. I I was too busy out Someone running. Out there, look it up and put it in the comments. What are the what's the women's teams of Western Illinois University referred to nowadays? Because I honestly I don't know if it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Uh, yeah, I was too busy driving around the country back roads with my friends. Uh, you know, mailbox bashing, stuff like that, Shoot, uh, road signs with shotguns. Straight out of days confused. Yeah, yeah. Clorox bleach bombs and blow, blowing up mailboxes. You know, the typical kid stuff out in rural America. Because um, I did. I grew up in the country. So, mm -hmm. like, literally on a uh, – like, it wasn't a working farm, but it was a farmhouse with a barn and uh, crops grown right, right around it. So – yeah, I uh, grew up in suburbs or the golf course. Uh, my parents belonged to Elgin Country Club, and I spent basically my summers either swimming or playing golf. Hey, both of those rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, for sure, go golf. I lost. I mean, I like playing golf. It's just my family would take it very serious, and okay. I would not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. And that another, another thing to my father's chagrin, because I had a pretty wicked. I could drive. I was pretty good. My short game was shit, but I was. I was. I had a pretty good drive, and uh, he wanted me to pursue golf. And yeah, it, mm. it was. It was like eating your vegetables at one point when I was a child. That they were trying to force golf down my throat. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoyed it. I always played barefoot and I walked. Um, so I always enjoyed it. <laughs> that would not have been allowed at the country club. <laughs> um, however, I will say that uh, I had a really bad slice. Um, mm. I sucked with any and all wedges and I could not putt for shit. Other than that, I was awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> I had no, I mean, I couldn't ship very well. I was good in the sand trap. I was good getting out of the sand trap. I don't know how that's possible, but I was. Um, but yeah, couldn't ship for shit and like had zero finesse game. I would like four putt a lot. <laughs> 
Beyond the Green in two, and then four punch just blow the entire hole. That's all right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even try to read the green. I would just be like, okay, that's the shortest path to the hole. I'm just going to hit it and hope it makes it there. I would never take into account the hills and the the level. Yeah, my father would get so mad, and I was always trying like. Later in life, when we go, we go out for Mother's Day and Father's Day. It was like we got we whittled down to the point where I'd only golf like twice a year, and it'd be on Mother's Day and on Father's Day. Maybe they get me out to the course like a third time during the summer, but it got to the point where I'm like, hey, I'm having more fun because I'm hitting the ball more times per hole than you guys are. So technically, I'm having more fun than you guys are, and so I'd just be out there just to hang with the family and drink some beer, <laughs> basically. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, now I. At this point in your life, you're older than when you were a child, and movies have progressed so much in that amount of time. I'm older than when I was a child? Am I? Yeah, it's Sorry, funny how that works. Dude. <laughs> no, no, but it's true. It really is true. Like, I was trying – I mean, it, it's not It's not the same at all, but it's kind of like a, uh, the, the Nationwide is on your side commercial uh, when it's on the radio, and I tell my coworker, I'm like, dude – nationwide is on your side and i try to explain to him how it's nationwide insurance so like if he would ever move outside of the state of ohio he's covered man because it's not ohio wide insurance it's nationwide insurance so i explain that to him all the time has absolutely nothing to do with anything we're talking about but you know nope. <laughs> i don't know where that came from but okay <laughs> nationwide is on your side even if you leave Apparently. Um, live in, so don't worry about that um, <laughs> and we are farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Sorry, if we're just going to start singing jingles from... No, that's cool. I was, trying to think, that. I was trying to think of uh, the State Farm. Uh, anyway, um, let's not go into yeah, that. Right. That's a whole huge uh, another rabbit hole that I would absolutely dive into. Um, but no, at this point in your life, what kind of movies are you interested in? What are maybe some of your favorite movies... Um, my two favorite genres, and it's no secret, so I'm not afraid to divulge. Rom-coms, number one, obviously. That's just, I've always loved them. I just, I like happily ever after type stories. I like actually feeling, like walking out of a movie, feeling good, feeling uplifted, if you will. And then sports movies would be my other favorite genre. Um, very par for the course. Grew up very much a tomboy, so anything with sports, I'm pretty much on board. Now, were you keeping up with the movies at this point until, like, were you still going to the theater and watch, no. or watch movies at home? Or I last movie I saw, the last movie I saw in the theater, it was uh, an anniversary release of When Harry Met Sally. Me and a bunch of my girlfriends went and saw that just because I'd never seen it in the theater, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time, so I dragged a few of my friends to go see it. Uh, I kept saying that my first movie back is going to be Top Gun Maverick, and they keep pushing it back so i have yet to go back to the theaters since pre-pandemic yeah that i was thinking about that the other day i'm like man that's one i really want to see so bad mm -hmm. and they built some really good hype for it and then just a bad luck Boom. yep but yeah, uh, I'm, yeah I'm with you on that i can't wait for that um mm -hmm. but sports movies i'm a fan of sports movies as well mm -hmm. uh what's what are a couple of your favorite sports movies uh first one that immediately comes to mind a league of their own uh, very much identified with Dottie Henson just because she was kind of a bigger girl compared to the others and athletic and just kind of felt out of place with it and didn't want to, I don't know, just always felt a little awkward because of it. Uh, Miracle is a really good one that I love. 
uh, Major League. Remember the Titans? Uh, stuff like Bennett, like Beckham. I just, I just love sports movies. They're just great. Yeah. Uh, well, I do too, especially Necessary those. Necessary Roughness. If yes. Are you familiar with that one? All right. Yeah. Um, let me try to think. <sighs> Deep cut one that you might not know that I love. Give it to me. Let me think for a second. Sports movie that you might not know. I don't know why, but I, okay. So I grew up with a crush on Jonathan Brandis, if you're familiar with that name. And for some reason, Ladybugs popped in my head. Horrible movie. No, don't just know it's bad, but I was obsessed with it just because of Jonathan Brandis back in the day. Uh, what one would you not know? Um, do you know? Okay, so this one has my favorite sports movie theme song of all time. Have you ever seen the sequel to The Bad News Bears where they play in the Astrodome? It's called The Bad News Bears in Breaking Training. No. Okay, that was one of the movies that was on repeat when I was growing up, so getting back to that earlier question and I didn't name it, but that one played all the freaking time in my house. And there is a theme song to that movie. Couldn't tell you the artist right off the top of my head, but if you search it, you can find it. And I just, it's, it's not a great song, but it's just like one of those songs that just makes you happy. Right. I'll, I'll send you the link after we're done here. And you're going to be like, and like, you're going to be like, Hey, what the hell is this? And about 30 seconds in there, you'll be like, all right, like, there's something telling me. Telling me. That's, that's, uh, yeah. It holds a special place in my heart. I wasn't even aware there was a sequel. So uh, they went to Japan. There was three. What? Yeah. Did they all have Walter Matthau in them? No, 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 no. There's uh Walter Matthau was only in the first one. Okay. I, I, it's been a while since I watched the one. I don't think he came back for the one where they went to Japan, but it's been a while since I've seen it. So maybe he did, and I just I'm forgetting, but I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, but, I like uh, I love baseball movies. Uh, like mm -hmm. especially tend to get to me. Field of Dreams, of course. Of course. Uh, for, for, for I love, think for love of the game. Uh, I have not seen that yet. Put it on your to do list. John C. Riley is a catcher. I mean, come on now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is the man. I like him in a lot of stuff, and it's 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 hard to buy him as a professional baseball player, but it's it's John C. Riley. I mean, right. you gotta love Gus. He's good. Yeah, he's one of those actors for me that it just it's a shame that he's never been offered a role uh, that that he could really truly shine in. Um, he he's great in everything I've seen him in and stuff. You don't but think he shines in Step Brothers? Well, no, he's talking like on a more like dramatic, like a Chicago, like Chicago, like, okay. Because uh, I mean, he's got some real legit acting chops, oh, yeah. other than yeah, just absolutely. like silly slapstick kind of comedy, which he's great in. But he's got some real chops, absolutely. and I would love to see him in something where we could see everything that that you know is inside of him. You I get just to see, you get to see a little bit of it in uh, Boogie Nights, just a little. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he's, I mean, yeah, he has yet to like really tackle on like a huge, like dramatic, like and like Oscar bait type of thing, but yeah, he'll get there. I'm sure. I'm sure the right role will come along sometime for him. Yeah. Uh, I also like Mr. 3000 is a movie that I really like. Bernie, the Bernie Mac. Mac one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I really like that one too. <laughs> uh, Little Giants. Yes, I remember that from when I was a kid. Yep. Very much very much identified with the Icebox, which is why if I ever get to play a live match in the Schmodown at a live event, my cosplay is absolutely 100% going to be Becky the Icebox O'Shea. I already have the jersey. 
I have the skirt. I have a skirt that's similar that I've spotted on Etsy. I'm not pulling the trigger until Christian gives me a live match, but it'll happen. Hell yeah. That would be great. That would be great. Uh, well, speaking of Christian and the Schmodown, um, how were you first uh, introduced to Christian, the Schmoes, and the content that they put out? How'd you come across it? I talk about this in my uh, audition tape that I sent in. It was it came up in my algorithm one day, and uh, I, uh, I know the date. It's weird that I know the date, but I'll tell you the, why later on in this, I'm sure. But uh, it was March 31st, 2019 that I found the Schmodown. It was the free-for-all three that got me into it because I was, I was home bored. It was like a cold rainy day and I didn't want to do anything. So I was just being lazy and in bed and just kind of scrolling through YouTube. And I saw the description and nothing else was looking good. So I clicked on it and I kind of fast forward through all like the pregame stuff until like contestants started coming up and I got sucked in because I, I would have hung out until like round 10 in the free for all three. Not that I proved anything that would like, that in free for all four when i actually got to be in it and i did the worst out of all the contestants i'm still so bitter about that but yeah uh i just got sucked and i'm like i could hang with these guys and the first thing i did was i texted my brother mike because he's a huge wrestling fan and so having all like, the different characters and personalities and people coming in everyone had entrance music everyone like and i'm just like this is so up your alley you need to check this out and within a couple days he had texted me back and was like like fuck you i like i have so much stuff to watch right now and you're gonna lay this on me he's like i'm totally into this now and so we started going back and forth about like different matches because we started like watching old matches and trying to get caught up and everything on who's who and everything like his favorite was smets like hands down out the gate he loves smets mine was bibs because bibs had the huge run in uh the free-for-all and it was a couple days after I watched it, I had sent a tweet to Bibiani saying how I thought it was so impressive how he had stuck in there the entire freaking way, survived all those rounds. And I was so mad when Merle beat him at the very, very end. I had no idea who Dan Merle was. I know he had a belt and everything, but I just watched this guy just go round after round and survive and almost get knocked out and like manage to hang on. And then to lose it right at the end with the last guy who comes in, I was so mad. So I told him, like, okay, Schmodown has a new fan. Like, I wish I could be a competitor. And he was the one who told me about the fan leagues. And so I immediately told my brother about it because my brother so much more, like, he knew, like, I'm not big into horror. And he's seen everything. I think the only thing he would ever struggle in is release dates and directors. But he could have he studied and been lights out. He would have been such a great competitor. But, uh, yeah, I was telling him about it. And then I'm, I'm totally getting off on a tangent right now. I, I apologize. I'm just kind of talking. No, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, me and Mike were just talking back and forth. And it was right around when, which is funny because they're about to play each other for the third time. Uh, it was a match between Mike Kalinowski and Jeannie and the Machine was the last thing me and my, my brother ever talked about. Uh, because a few days later, he unexpectedly passed away. So uh, it was um, a few months after that that um, I decided I'm going to join the fan leagues. He never did it. I'm going to give it a shot. And I started playing, and it was rough. It was rough at first. Like, I could tell you I missed – the question was who directed Ocean's Eleven. I didn't get it. 
And now looking back, I'm just like, wow, how do you not know that Steven Soderbergh directed Ocean's Eleven? So I've gotten much better since then. But um, no, I just I kind of got into it mostly because he, like I just kind of latched onto it when Mike passed away. And it's it just be, kind of became like an obsession a little bit. And uh, Christian put out the message looking for female competitors specifically. And had a lot of people getting on my case to send in an audition tape. And I was just hoping to get on the list of draft eligible players. I did not think that I would like, if I was going to get drafted, I figured maybe second to last round, last round. I did not expect to get drafted. I think it was like the sixth round I got drafted in. And there was a bunch of us who watched it together. And none of us expected me to go that high. So we were all talking. We didn't even hear my name get called <laughs> when I got drafted. I, we had to, like, everyone tell us someone to shut the fuck up because we didn't hear the name that called. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, Peggy Gubbins. And I just like, what? Uh, but, yeah, it's been a trip ever since because I've met so many incredible people. It's such a blessing that I've been able to be a part of this league ever since and it's weird to say that it's because i lost my brother but i mean it's uh, maybe i don't know i don't know it's strange things happen in life you never know what direction you're being pushed in and where that direction is coming from but i'm very happy to be where i am at right now even if my record does not reflect my ability if you ask me <laughs> how how did mike pass uh, uh, basically heart failure. Um, the sad thing is he was there a couple days before anyone knew. And that kind of kills me. That's, I shouldn't like, phrase it in that way, but it just, uh, uh, he wasn't the most healthy of guys. Uh, his diet basically consisted of fast food, uh, not in the best shape and, uh, yeah, uh, just basically his heart just gave out on him at 45. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I mean, so far, at least, you're doing very well representing him in the uh, Schmodown. Uh, you're doing, I mean, uh, tough loss that last, last go-round, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I went into the match against Collins pretty much knowing that like it would like I've said this before, it would have it would had to have taken a slung slumdog millionaire esque set of questions for me to knock Adam Collins out because I'm still Mike Mike would have been light years ahead of where I am at right now. And it's he would have he would have been so great with all the character stuff just because he grew up I was forced to watch like all of the wrestling because we only had one TV that had cable. And since he was the older brother, he had to say of what channel it was on. So I was either watch wrestling with my older brother or go downstairs and watch news with my parents who both had their heads buried in the book. So I opted for the, uh, the wrestling up in the family room, but he would have understood all the character work. He would have understood he would have been a great heel. He, he would not have given a damn if everyone hated them as long as he was putting on a show and as that part is not really my personality like I've, i'm gonna be a character I, I, I don't know the heel turn maybe if i got comfortable later on in life with it but i just i just i don't know i'm more about 
you know, put positivity out into the world, if you will. Yeah. But he would have been such a great competitor. And so I've just, I'm just trying to somewhat not honor him, but just, I, I just, I wish that he would be like proud of me at least giving it a shot. Well, I, I, I don't, I can't speak for anyone but myself, but I would imagine he's very proud. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of history there between me and him. We were not, I mean, on some levels, we were very close as siblings and others, not at all. And I don't want to get into that part of it all. It's, that's not, that's, y'all haven't earned that part of the story yet. But uh, I know, but he's just, you know, it's your older brother and he shouldn't be gone right now. And that sucks. Well, uh, again, I'm sorry for that loss, Peggy. Um, I, I would like to know, other than competing, though, in the Schmodown, um, is there any other way that you would like to contribute, say, when your time <laughs> competing is up? Is there anything else you, that you think you would be good at or you would like to do to still be in the Schmodown? The funny thing is, uh, I think it was before my past, I sent in a $20 StreamYards to one of the SEN shows asking how to get onto the writing crew because I wanted to write the questions because I knew I could do that. I knew I could pull some movies that maybe like 10% of the contestants would know and I would know it like the back of my hand. Uh, it's funny. It was I didn't send it to PJ. There was a guy named Chris who used to be the head writer. Chris, I, I'm going to butcher his last name because with an S. I don't even want to attempt it. Uh, but it was long before I understood anything about the art that it takes for the writing. It's just the art of knowing what a one-pointer is, what a three-pointer is, what a five-pointer is. And so I put together this entirely rom-com game. Nothing but rom-coms straight up and down. But like the, the round one questions, they're all like three pointers, five pointers. There's no, there was no educated like formulation to the questions I wrote. I'm just like, oh, I would know this in a heartbeat. I assume everybody else would, but looking back on it, yeah, it's a bunch of five pointers I put in that round one. <laughs> Didn't, had zero kind of concept, but now I've kind of gotten, I like, as you study the game, you kind of, okay, that's a one pointer. Okay. Okay. That'd be a fucking five, you know? stuff like that so i've smartened up on that a little bit so if i could if i couldn't be a contestant i definitely want to be in the writer's room um uh, another question here if you could be on a team with any schmodown competitor in the history of the schmodown one person who would it be <sighs> okay now am i looking at this as strategy wise where we would complement each other and do some damage or someone who i just want to be teammates with and like hang out with and maybe win a couple games. Like what, what, what are we looking for on this answer? Let's go for both. <laughs> like like right. separate entities. Um, well, I would think William Bibiani would be the answer to the first part because his just base knowledge is next level. Uh, I, the reason I don't understand why he hasn't held more belts because he's just so knowledgeable. I just, I just, you know, it's, I mean, it's true of anyone. I mean, you just get one or two questions just don't happen to me in your wheelhouse and that completely costs you the game, even though you've done spectacularly throughout the rest of it. Um, just based on an enjoyment level, 
Mark Ellis. It'd just be fun. <laughs> we I, say I, I drink Coors Light and just field yeah. questions. If we get it right, we get it right. If not, oh, well, cheers. No, yep. No. Uh, dude, you got to love baby carrots. Um, that was one of the things in the progression of the Smowdown and how much it's developed over uh, over the years. That is one thing that I have missed a lot is seeing uh, not only Ellis, but also Christian play in some matches um, it was always fun seeing those guys come out and, and compete as well. But I totally understand. I mean, it's it's evolved beyond yeah. them. Uh, so they uh, need to be where they're at. It, to be able, I've noticed this, it's got to be like a second job to you. I mean, unless you're really, really smart and savant and all that information just happens to stick in your head. I I have to work at it. I mean, I've not, I know everyone does but i feel like i have to work a little bit harder because i've never been a really studious person i want to watch the movies i don't want to sit there and study imdb facts it bores me to tears just straight studying data give me a movie to watch i'm a happy camper but i gotta sit there and study just just basic knowledge stuff it's just that that's the part where i just kind of burn out now that's fair that's fair um, and one, one last thing here uh, about the Schmodown. Um, if you could, if you could play a match against anyone, uh, anyone in any division, it can be any division that you want to compete in mm -hmm. against anyone, whether they're in that division or not, who would it be? Rom-com exhibition match, Josh McCougar, where are you at, sir? That would be fun. That would be great. <laughs> Oh man, that would be so much fun! I'm all in for that, Peggy. <laughs> yeah, I, hit, hit, I've noticed just based on watching matches, our movie aesthetics are quite similar. So that would be a fun one. Maybe we can get that to happen somehow. I don't know how, but maybe we can make that uh, an exhibition match happen. Uh, there, he's, he's busy raising a kid right now. He's got bigger fish to fry. But That's if he ever wants to, you know, I'm on board. I'm in. Hell yeah. Um, before we wrap up here, we're going to take a look at your audition tape that you sent in for the Schmodown. For those who have not seen it, uh, I uh, you sent me the link the other night. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So uh, for those of you who have not seen uh, Peggy's audition tape for the Schmodown, here it is. We'll be right back, and we will wrap up the show. My friends and the families are on my case to get me to submit my audition tape. So here we go. Hi. My name is Peggy. Um, Christian, I know you said to call out one of the Schmodown competitors in this, but uh, instead I think I'm going to tell you the story of how I came across the Schmodown. It was March 31st, 2019. I know this because I went back through my text messages. Um, I know I'm a little late to the game, but I was home. It was a rainy and cold Sunday in Chicago, and I was scrolling through YouTube, and somehow the free-for-all three came into my algorithm. And I clicked on it, and I think it went a little something like this. I dig this guy's vibe, but why is he wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask? Oh snap, this girl's got two belts? She's gotta be good. Um, that's Zoe Deschanel. That's Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I have no idea. Um, Legends of the Fall. That's Blue Streak. Four out of five, I can hang. <laughs> I like this guy. Okay, how do you not correct. know the Fratellis? That is correct. He kisses an egg. That's Easy, Michael McDowell. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. <gasps> Darla! <laughs> is he doing Jackson Maine? And Rachel no, Cushing. not Rachel! Oh. 
This guy's supposed to be like a hitman or something? Ooh, I dig it, this guy's How do you not know Remember the Titans? Left side, strong side! No, not the kid! Oh. <laughs> I love the police academy oh, theme. Who the heck is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? Is he cheating off Bibbs? <laughs> Dig this guy's vibe. Ooh, he's got a belt too. He must be good. Did he just definitely not? And you're winner! No! So. After watching both parts back to back, I was hooked. I started watching old matches, trying to get caught up on who's who and who's rivals with what and the history of the whole showdown. But before that, I texted my older brother, Mike, because not only is he a big movie fan like me, he is a lifelong wrestling fan. Like, growing up, I was forced to watch every SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, because he was the older brother and he got control of the TV with the cable. He kept up with it his entire life. I trailed off when I was no longer forced to watch it. Anywho. Oh, um, I remember you said you wanted to know what kind of movies we love. So in effort to condense as much information to a small video, I'm just going to have a scrolling thing of here over movies that I love. Anyways, getting back to my story. So Mike texts me back a couple days later saying, damn you, not like I have a million things to watch. And so we start talking back and forth about who's each other's favorites. His was Smuts, mine was Bibbs. <laughs> I remember we were talking about, the last thing we ever talked about actually was the match between Mike Kalinowski and Janine the Machine. And something was said about, yeah, yeah, it's hard to beat, uh, it's hard to beat Mike when he spins Bond which y'all know is true. And then a couple days after that, I get a call from my mom asking if I had spoken to Mike recently. And I told her, yeah, I just texted with him a couple days ago. We were talking about this YouTube show that we were both into. And she tells me that he had not shown up for work the past two days and no one's been able to get a hold of him. So I shoot off a text. Nothing. Um... So we called the Vegas Police Department to do a wellness check on him. And he had died. A couple months after he was gone, I got to thinking about how the last thing we ever talked about was the Schmodown and how I wish that he had joined the families, but he never did. So I did. I joined the fan leagues and now I am probably the most active female in the fan leagues. I am, as far as I'm aware, the winningest. I have wins in most of the major fan leagues. And I think it would be cool. I think Mike would be proud just to have my name on the list of draft eligible players. So here's me shooting my shot. But if anything, I just want to say to Christian, Mark, everyone at the Schmodown, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the hours of entertainment you've provided during this crazy pandemic. Thank you for the friends that I've made through this crazy community that you have developed. And thank you for this opportunity to throw my hat in the ring. So hopefully see you soon.
I absolutely love that. Um, I love your reactions of, uh, oh, this guy's got a belt. <laughs> oh, yeah, got, this guy, he must be good. Yeah, I had zero concept of who Dan was at yeah. the time. Zero concept of Rachel when she walked out with those two belts. But I was just like, there's a girl with two belts? I already love her. I'm immediately in love with this girl. And yeah, I mean, with good reason. Because how can yeah. you not love Rachel? Oh, yeah. She's... Oh, gosh, she's so amazing. Um, Shire Wolves is my all-time favorite team. I want I Shire Wolves apparel so bad. <laughs> so bad. I'm just hoping uh, one day there will be yeah. a female team to rival them. I'm not going to say to ever supersede them. I just want one to rival them and soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but thank you again for your time. <laughs> Uh, thank you again for your time. It's been great to get to know you. And uh, to wrap it up, I always ask uh, my guests here the 10 questions that James Lipton would ask his guests at the end of Inside the Actors Studio as uh, this show was inspired from that show. So um, we will start with, Peggy, what is your favorite word? What is my favorite word? See, this is where I should have had something prepared. What is my favorite word? Yes. Uh, what is your least favorite word? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have no it idea. It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, what turns you on? Kindness and thoughtfulness. And what turns you off? Intolerance and or just rudeness. What sound or noise do you love? The sound of a crowd going crazy, whether it be like a game-winning shot or being at a concert and all of a sudden the band plays like their biggest hit or something, just the, the sound of mass jubilation. What sound or noise do you hate? The dentist drill, that high-pitched, like, buzzing. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, here's the big one, my favorite one. What is your favorite curse word? It's got to be fuck. It's just universal. It just works. Okay. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, I said I grew up wanting to be a sports photographer. Uh, if I could like work for NFL films and edit like some NFL film footage, like set like where the like the tackles are to the beat of the song, or you got slow motion pass where it hits the fingertips right when it's supposed to, something like that. That sounds like fun. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? I wouldn't want to be like a judge. Or someone who decided the fate of other people based on whatever stories they were being told. Just I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that power. Uh, and finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? It was a rough hand. You dealt with it the best you could. You could. I'm a big fan of defending your life. 
Uh, so this will make sense if you've seen that movie. Uh, we're going to give you the option. You can either move on if you want to, or we'll give you another go, but you get to say where you start, like restart, and you get to go back to the same life. And I would hope I would have that option. And hopefully at that point, I would hope, because right now I'd go back, but hopefully when I get there, I choose to move on. Very good, very good. Peggy Gubbins, thank you so very much for your time. It's been great to get to know you more behind the scenes, away from the showdown. Uh, had a lot of fun here. Like I said, this is uh, this has been the most out of hand and off, uh, <laughs> off track that I've ever gotten, and it's been one hundred percent because I've just been enjoying it so much. So thank you very much for that as well, and uh, and good luck in the rest of your Schmodown career. Yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Be sure to check out Speaking of Schmodown, a sports talk show devoted to the movie trivia Schmodown airs Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Jcast Network.